Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 282 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, starting with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going today, Richard? Hey, Seth. Doing well, doing well. Ah, yes. And of course, we have another co-host in Krim. Welcome, Krim. How are you this morning? Morning, Seth. Uh, there's lots of sweet cards from uh, Jumpstart and uh, just a lot of things overall. So uh, with so many new cards. Yeah, it has been a couple, two or three weeks just overflowing uh, with new cards. So today, our main topics, uh, Jumpstart. We got the full spoiler of Jumpstart uh, in the last week since our last cast. So we're going to talk about new Jumpstart cards. Also, some cards from Jumpstart that aren't coming to Arena, unlike the rest of the cards from the set. Also, some Arena news as far as uh, where you're going to be able to play Arena, starting very quickly with max support coming. Also, there were more players tours this weekend that we want to hit on. And then, of course, enter uh answer some fish mail as well at the end of the cast so that is kind of our overview for today but before we get into all those topics a reminder that our show today is once again brought to you by spikes academy the world's first mtg online academy and they of course is created by the best players in the entire world and they are designed to improve your game so whether you're trying to reach mythic every season on magic arena or you just want to beat your friends every draft their courses will help you improve your game and you can join today over at spikes academy me.com. So thank you so much to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. And uh, let's talk some magic. So let's start with Jumpstart. We got the full Jumpstart spoiler and we got some cards we want to talk to. But uh, what do you guys think about this set? I didn't really know what to expect heading into Jumpstart spoiler season. It was like these weird theme packs. It seemed really different. Uh, what do you think? Did this set in general meet your expectations, exceed your expectations. Uh, Where are you at as far as Jumpstart's concerned? This has definitely exceeded my expectations. I thought this was just going to... Like, first off, I was a little confused on what it was. Uh, Like, (laughs) when I first heard about it, like, I also thought it was just, like, a random set just meant for drafting, right? And that that was it, right? Like, and, like, so because of that, I thought maybe it'd be, like, kind of weaker cards, but turns out there's a lot here, and a lot of it will be coming to historic so i'm really excited and there's even crazy reprints for commander yeah i i think thumbs up all around i think isn't is this weird we like do a podcast we make magic content like 24 7 we don't know what the heck the set is right <laughs> we think it's like <laughs> oh you know some casual supplement for a game board night yeah right turns out right uh they have like a bunch of new cards that are super focused on commander i would say all of the new cards look like they're made for commander they have a ton of high value long sorely needed reprints and i think the the best news is these cards barring 20 asterisks are coming to historic which uh if you had questions of whether historic was its own thing or if it was mini pioneer or whatever i think that's erased now like with all the historic anthologies with jumpstart coming in uh we're 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 getting like a real metagame like a real card pool right so i think historic's about to come really interesting uh so we'll see how it goes the the only weird thing is there's a handful of cards in the set that will not be available on arena and will be replaced by something else which really awkward and cause massive confusion during preview season as we're like path to exile in historic wait no it's not lightning bolt wait a minute this is weird uh, randomly we, we get to those cards 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like there's randomly just some things on that list that I don't understand why they're not there, like Thought Scour. I don't know why that's not, like, just, like, something that you can get into Arena. The the, the Delve deck was too strong. The, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the communication on that was definitely very confusing, because if you read the original announcement of Jumpstart, if you just read it casually, it definitely sounds like, hey, Jumpstart is all going to be on Arena and Legal and Historic, but if you go back and, like, reread it very carefully, the way it's worded is, like, all the Jumpstart cards on Arena will be Legal and Historic or something, where technically, like, if it's not on Arena, then obviously it won't be Legal, so there's, like, a little loophole there. So I wish the communication was a little clearer, because uh, going into spoiler season, everyone assumed all the uh, cards were Legal and Historic, and then it started coming out, like, oh, an Arena a dev on some obscure discord said that some cards won't be on there and everyone's like oh my god like what are they talking about what is this so eventually wizards did uh, to their credit post a list and actually clarify that but i'm really hyped for this set too i'm primarily hyped for it because it is going to be huge for historic uh, i've done a huge 180 on historic over the last like six months where it didn't interest me when it launched and its launch was pretty clunky on top of just being a really small card pool but this is a ton of new cards that are really going to shake up that format and there's a ton of commander stuff and as richard mentioned it's like oracle of moldias and exquisite bloods cards that people have been begging for reprints of for literally years are finally getting reprinted in the set that i like crim assumed was kind of just this like throwaway casual product like a planeswalker decks or something where it's yeah. just like oh, okay this will be some nice like cute little cards that you know maybe someone will buy at their walmart when they're going through the checkout line or something but it was definitely way more than that so let's uh let's Let's talk about some of the actual cards that are coming, I guess, to Commander for the most part, but also to Historic from Jumpstart. Richard, why don't you uh, guide us through some spoiler cards? All right. I'm going to start off with the card that has the most potential of me playing it on Commander Clash. Tiny Bones, <laughs> Trinket Thief, <laughs> one in a black, a one-two, legendary creature, Skeleton Rogue. Yes, we have a legendary skeleton. At the beginning... Of each end step, if an opponent discarded a card this turn, you draw a card and you lose a life. Four black black. Each opponent with no cards in hand loses ten life. Uh, it, it's you failed to mention that the artwork is also insanely adorable. Richard. Uh, adorable. <laughs> is, is it adorable or creepy? It's, I, I it's still a dead child, my friend. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yes, yes. If we look like we dig a little deeper, it, it yeah. Okay, that's a little little creepy, but but it's other. It's it's. I don't know. I when I saw that card, I think I'm making a. I want to make a deck around it solely just based on the artwork. It's. It's pretty cute if you ignore the. It's like it's like how Pokemon has like really dark lore for some of their Pokemon cards. Like like I don't know. Like Litwick is it, it's its candle is lit by the souls of like humans or something like that. So like, but the candle itself looks adorable, right? So much like that. Like Tiny Bones is adorable and just has a really dark backstory. <laughs> I don't know if it's like a like it doesn't look like a commander that'll be like insanely broken, but it looks like one that's gonna be pretty fun, right? Like. I mean, building a rack deck around it, and like I think is where I'm gonna start, and I'm sure everyone will too. 
Uh, but that card just looks sweet and, like, a lot of fun to play with. I definitely missed when I first read the card that it triggers on each end step. So it's actually relatively easy with, like, a bottomless pit or other cards that make uh, your opponents discard on their upkeep to just have this be, like, draw four cards every turn cycle or three cards every turn cycle, which is uh, actually pretty powerful on a two-mander commander. So once I realized that you can draw multiple cards every time around the table, I got a little bit more excited for it. I think it's definitely going to be a really popular card uh, because people like discard. It is cute, I guess, kind of, and that doesn't even uh, consider the the Richard implications of, I assume this is just like your new go-to skeletal tribal commander, Richard? Oh, but it's a two-mana one-two that does absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> that's, I mean, it goes great so in like a waste not deck, but uh, it, as a lord, <laughs> I don't know. Isn't, isn't being two-mana in one power and doing absolutely nothing, like, perfectly on flavor for skeleton tribal isn't that like every <laughs> yeah. skeleton in magic's history it, it, it needs to regenerate or come back from the graveyard <laughs> it's actually above getting like pat to exiled <laughs> but it's above the rate of a normal skeleton it's a one two not a one it one is. right like it's it not is. a three it, mana it, one it, one it could take out your giant armor no problems <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like let's see lanowar elves block this all right like you know what i mean like this is this is way better than the run-of-the-mill skeleton so speaking of elves we have Allosaurus Shepherd, uh, a single green mana, so 1 CMC, 1-1, one, one, creature, elf shaman. Allosaurus Shepherd can't be countered. Green spells you control can't be countered. 4 green green, until end of turn, each elf creature you control has base power and toughness 5-5 five, five, and becomes a dinosaur in addition to its other creature types. Mm. This card's absurd. Uh. I think this might be the best legacy card from the entire set. Uh... Not only making your uh, green creatures uncounterable, but, but but all green spells means that you can uh, like natural order and know that it's not going to get forced to will and get your crater hoof and win the game. I feel like this is just like a staple in elf decks, in especially in legacy, but I think it'll show up in elf decks in historic too. And one of the cool things about this set in general is, yeah, we're talking about Allosaurus Shepherd, which is a powerful elf, but there's also like elvish arch druid, Dwinian's elite. There's a bunch of like modern slash legacy playable elves that are coming to historic for the first time so maybe elf tribal will actually be a thing on arena because of this card and some other uh, reprints that are new to the format speaking of craterhoof behemoth being reprinted yeah, that is that is a frightening uh, a frightening card. Uh, it's, it's so funny to see people playing and raise four runners. Yeah, and I and I assume <laughs> they're like they don't realize the power of Crater Hoof Behemoth. If you're a new player and you've been like, oh, and raise four runner, give yourself plus two plus two and trample. That's cute. Wait until you resolve a Crater Hoof Behemoth, and you just it's just always lethal. You have a few creatures, they're all like ten ten tramples, and you just win the game like every single time. So I'm definitely uh, excited for a new generation of players to learn the power of. Crater yeah, and I don't think I've, like, every time I've casted Craterhoof, I don't even think I've ever had to really, like, count to make sure it's lethal. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, okay, they're dead. I was just gonna, we're just gonna attack. <laughs> but yeah, like, that, like, there's, that whole elves pack is kind of insane, right? Like, I mean, I think it's really cool. So an, an, another thing that is interesting with Jumpstart and I think is great for budget, especially when it comes to Commander, are cards like Thriving Isle, which are these new Enter the Battlefield tapped lands, where when they enter the battlefield, choose a color, like, other than blue, then it adds a blue and then the mana of the chosen color, right? Or or the mana of the chosen color. So it's kind of like a... It's just another tapped dual land, which is cool. It doesn't have the types attached to it, though. 
Yeah, I think I really like the Thriving Lands for, like, budget commander players, although fingers crossed they're actually cheap enough to be budget. I know, like, <laughs> the prices right now look like they're several dollars a piece, which is a little bit a little bit rough. But I think if you're building, like, budget commander decks that are three or more colors, this is definitely an upgrade on, like, the game lands or the guild gates. I think it's the best, like, enter the battlefield tapped, uh, like, lower rarity budget cycle that, we, that we've seen so far because you get to choose based on the cards in your hand or, like, what you need at that time rather than being locked into two colors. So I think that hopefully these are a big deal for budget commander players at least do you think these are good for non-budget no no they come into play tap so i think (laughs) i think that just kills it like if you're playing non-budget you're like you really don't want your lands to come into play tapped and if it does come into play tapped it needs to do something pretty uh spectacular so i think i mean i guess if you're playing like the gain one life lands or guild gates but then you're probably playing a budget deck anyway so yeah i think they're just not good unless you're building on a budget okay hold on hold on are, are there non-budget decks that run vivid lands or yeah. or uh like tri lands like i could see you running this as like kind of well i think they replaced vivid lands but like i think maybe like tri lands five six or something possibly but I think in in, a gen- in general, like the bulk of your mana base will not be these cards if you're non-budget. But I, it, it I, could be something. <laughs> I don't I don't know if like these like like the trilands at least have the type right attached to it, so you can kind of like bring it out with a fetch land or something like that. And they well, the old trilands. Oh 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 right 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 right. Uh, those like ones- if you're playing a five color deck and yeah. you somehow want no no you would never play these because you, you could just fetch into any shock or whatever and it would get the right thing. Yeah, I do I, think it's an interesting archetype for lands. Like, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see if we see more powered up versions of these in the future. Like, imagine this, except it comes into play untapped, and maybe it has the land types on them. That would be a staple cycle of lands. Like, that would be in the fetch land <laughs> so area super power level. Like, well, I mean, I think, like, this formatting, maybe if you don't have the land types, but even if it just came into play untapped and you got to choose, I think that would be a very playable cycle of lands. That would be insanely playable. That would, yeah. This is, like, Evolving Wilds that doesn't, doesn't, like, cause a shuffle, right? Like, so, yeah, some decks want the landfall effect, some decks want the shuffle effect, other players just don't want to shuffle their 100-card double triple sleeve commander deck. I do not. So <laughs> I feel this is a thing. And I figured out, okay, you're running a Leonin Arbiter deck. So you play Thriving Heath because you can't fetch. <laughs> okay, okay. I-, <laughs> I figured it out. That's my tier one usage for this. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. Does that mean, like, it doesn't add the color if, like, there's, like, a Blood Sun? <laughs> like... Because I don't even. Oh, who knows? Does it just as it yeah, enters the battlefield? As oh no, no, as Thriving More enters the battlefield. Okay, so okay, I yeah. think you would still choose because it's okay. not a triggered ability. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But yeah, like so, I just think those are cool lands, and like at least for like a but like the budget scene, uh, when it comes to like commander, um, and like there's there's just like, oh, like there's a Linvala reprint also. Uh, so I'm really excited to see that. Like, just like, like, Jumpstart is like, surprisingly, just really, just blown me away. I, I'm like a huge fan of this set so far. All right. Uh, hold on. What do you think about a card that doubles your mill? Bruvac? The Grandol, 
Quint, the grandiloquent, grandiloquent. Yeah. Is, that, is that a real word, guys? I have never <laughs> seen it before, uh, but that doesn't that doesn't mean grandiloquent. It doesn't exist. I'm a grandiloquent. I think you're asking the two wrong people. <laughs> is it not just two grandiloquent? No, uh, is it? No, it's an I L O in there. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like a real word. Is Seth actually right? Like, no. <laughs> Legendary creature, human advisor, 1-4. If an opponent would mill one or more cards, they mill twice that many cards instead. Yes. This card is sweet. Oh, yeah. This is such a fun card. Like, I, hold on. Does this work with traumatize? It does. It does work with traumatize. Either <laughs> maybe mill the entire library or at least put someone down to one card. It's also fleet swallower does the same thing. So there's some well, combo potential there. Fleet Swaller's got to attack, <laughs> and that, it's seven mana. True. You're asking for a lot there. <laughs> I actually think this, I think Tiny Bones will be the most popular commander, probably, from the set. People just really seem to love uh, baby skeletons for some reason. But uh, Burvac, <laughs> like I think, will be, I think it might be the second most playable. Casual players love mill. I am always, like, shocked at how popular any random mill deck I play is, because people just really love mill, and I think this is the best, like, traditional mill commander. You have, like, Phoenix-style decks where you can play, like, high-toughness wall mill. You have, like, Una or Ambassador Laquatus, which are legends that can mill, but if you just want to, like, cast mill spells, there's not a better commander in existence than Burvac, so I expect a lot of people to try to build around this in commander. Like, I mean, we're, we're talking, like, if you, like, Burvac at least can go in the 99 also of, like, a Demir Mill deck, because just going and cast... I don't know if you're, you're, you're supposed to be casting Tome Scour in Commander, but, like, <laughs> that is that is 10 cards, all right? But uh, And, like, what is it? Uh, the the blue-black Mill spell, Glimpse the Unthinkable. Like, that's 20 cards. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, if you point them all at the same person. I mean, Mill is <laughs> yeah. tough in Commander, because you got, you got three opponents with 100-card decks. That is a lot of cards to Mill. But Brivac really does help, and I think that's a really good point about the 99, because uh, one of the best Mill cards printed in recent years was Frank Sanity, which is actually really similar. It triggers slightly differently. Any card going in the graveyard triggers it, rather than just Mill. But essentially, it's another card that doubles up your mill so i think uh easy easy 99 play and it does work well with like phoenix it's got four toughness it's an advisor so i expect some people to build like persistent petitioner meme deck and just play like 50 petitioners in this and try to like tap them all and build people out that way so i mean this and like psychic corrosion makes it so like everybody's milling four anytime you draw so yeah this this is just a, a fun card this is a very fun card and i mean <laughs> <laughs> As you had mentioned earlier, though, outside of, like, like if you want to mill, it feels like in Commander right now, if you want to mill, it's mostly self-mill, and that's the way to go. But, like, if you want to mill the whole table, like, go ahead. But I, I Bruvac is definitely a great, like, you know, get like heading in a great direction if you're trying to mill in a multiplayer kind of game. Yeah, I don't know why they added the opponent clause. Would this be too strong if you could double your self-mill? Hmm. Probably yeah, not. Like I, I feel I, like I, that would enable a lot more things to do with this card. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. I, I, th I think if you could self mill yourself, if you, if you're able to like get double on the self mill, that's insane, right? I mean, I, I think that would read like a drawback to new players who this is targeted at. Oh, I, yeah. I guess I didn't really 
Think about I think that. <laughs> even though we play and we know the value of self-milling, I think this is targeted at, like, new casual players who want to, like, tome-scour their opponent. And I think if you read it and you're like, oh, I don't know, I don't want to mill myself. I've tried to, that's how I'm trying to kill my opponent. Why would I want to, like, mill myself? So maybe that's part of it, because I don't think it would be too powerful if it said that. Like, yeah. Hot scour into treasure cruise. <laughs> like, this, yeah. this is what I want to do with this card. Is this, am I playing this right? Oh, God. What? Like, that would be really good, though. I, I think, I, I don't know. I don't think it'd be broken because, you know, self mill is like, I don't think a broken archetype or uh, actually, no. I mean, didn't, like, Seth, don't you dislike the, the Thassa's Oracle way of winning? Like, think. Ah. I do kind of, I, I kind of dislike Thassa's Oracle in specific. I used to like it. I feel like Thassa's Oracle is like a little too good for that style of winning and that like Lab Maniac was more like the right power level for that style of winning. But uh, yeah. Yeah. If, that, if, if you dislike that, then I think this would be like really expediting that process of getting to Thassa's Oracle or, or Lab Man or something like that. All right. Next up, we have Emil the Blessed. Two white, white, four, four, legendary creature, unicorn. Uh, three generic, exile another target creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. When another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay hybrid green, white. So that's like one, one CMC. If you do, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. If it's a unicorn, put two plus one, plus one counters on it instead. Uh, Have I played Unicorn Tribal? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think so, but you you will you will now. There are unicorns through Magic's history. Uh, they make skeletons look powerful, so uh, I will warn you <laughs> <laughs> heading is... into it that it's gonna be a gonna be a rough week. I I actually think this is one of the best commander cards in the whole set. Though I think Unicorn Tribal, obviously that's a, that could be a richer thing, but I think this is like the the white. Like Deadeye Navigator, like three mana to repeatedly blink something. We see Deadeye Navigator really powerful. It doesn't protect itself, but it's only four mana instead of six mana. Great in like Panharmonic on decks. There's combos, like, kind of like janky combos with like workhorses. One, this creature that enters with four plus one plus one counters, you can remove to add mana. So if you can get like an anthem on the battlefield, you make infinite mana. Uh, you can like Panharmonic on Brood Monitor for infinite blinking, infinite tokens, infinite mana. So I actually think that while Unicorn Tribal is not anything more than like a jank meme deck at this point i think this is actually like a super legit card to play in the 99 of commander decks yeah uh i mean i i really like that it's not like a tap you know what i mean or anything like that to to activate its ability it's just three mana to exile another target creature you control so uh and then return to the battlefield so i I think that's pretty sweet i mean we i also don't see why not play all of it together Right, like, <laughs> you, like, like you just have now like another another blink effect. So just throw another one into the deck, and now you can really have multiple combo pieces. So the average unicorn power and toughness seems to be about two twos. So this effectively makes them four fours if you <laughs> cast them and pay the the tax. Uh, that's a legit tribe. Uh, we also have mutate. Apparently, majestic oracorn is a unicorn. I didn't know that. So you can uh, mutate a big pile and blink it to confuse all your opponents. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like this is like the most fair table of commander I've ever heard of, right? Like unicorn tribal, skeleton tribal. <laughs> and we haven't uh, even got to minotaurs yet. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine that, like. So I was playing against my friend, and they just had the most annoying unicorn deck. <laughs> and, like, imagine complaining about that. 
All right, Let, let's talk about let's talk about Minotaurs. Seth Ron, it's Seth basically, guys. Hurlon General, three red red, four four, legendary creature, Minotaur warrior. When Seth Ron or another non-token Minotaur <laughs> enters the battlefield under your control, create a two three red Minotaur creature token. Uh, two and hybrid Rakdos, so three to activate Minotaurs. You control get plus one plus zero and gain menace and haste until end of turn. Now with with its first off. Like with its color identity, it's it's a Rakdos commander. It's a Rakdos so, card. Yep. I was already I tried. I remember like I played uh, Minotaur Tribal a while back, and I, I I think that this card is sweet because it's like you, it also comes with that because uh, there's that Lord for Minotaurs that like gives them plus two in haste. Now you can kind of just get haste and menace for the cost of like three mana, and it does even more. And it like so I. If you're in the market for a Minotaur, I think this is a really sweet Minotaur, like, inclusion. Uh, and it's, like, second off, I mean, like, is this now two cards with your name in it, Seth? <laughs> <laughs> there, There is Drake, Seth, and now Seth Rod, so pretty soon I'm going to be able to build a Mono Red Seth Tribal. That'll be a good, <laughs> yeah. a good against the Are odds deck. Are you probably better known as the Hurloon General <laughs> or the Mob Flames? <laughs> like, uh, I think uh, I think I associate more with the Minotaur really rather than <laughs> okay. Drake and Seth. I think this is the best Minotaur commander though, really. Like yeah. Minotaurs are a bad tribe. Like there's not they're not hey, really debating. Hey. They don't have that much support. They they are a fun tribe. I'm not trying to discredit Minotaurs, but uh they've never had a good like tribal commander. The one that kinda cares is Neheb the Unworthy, but that's really like the discard one where you need to be like heck bent for it to do anything. I feel like if you wanna take the Minotaur challenge, this is like your commander almost 100% of the time. And I also think it's cute that it makes, uh, oh, what is it? Hurloon Minotaur? Was that the original, like, Alpha Minotaur, the first Minotaur, which was, mm-hmm. like, a three-mana 2-3? Two, three? Uh, so it essentially makes uh, makes Hurloon Minotaur. So a nice little, like, flashback to the early days of Magic there as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, this... I Actually, I kind of want to see that now. I kind of want to see a table of Minotaurs <laughs> versus Unicorns. Skeletons and, and skeletons then and and then devils. And the, we got we got a devil yeah, legend devils. now. So. No, 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 no. Like, Minotaurs will win hands down. No, no, this, you got to get a crazy. Blue. It's it's five mana. It's a six seven, right? Because it's a four four plus a two three, uh, and then every like crap Minotaur you cast gets an additional two three attached to <laughs> you it. You mean a- and like then all you can, crap? You can just pay three to like swing in and like kill someone with haste and menace, right? So I actually think this is really good like imagine like late game when everyone thinks you're useless because you're the minotaur deck and you're sitting there with like 12 <laughs> mana you play this thing that's six power right and then you play another minotaur call that 10 power you pump and attack uh with the team right you can just take someone out so i actually think this like token generating lord effect is actually pretty good because you probably have all the other pump effects because you're a tribal deck so I think making additional tokens is probably one of the strongest things you could be doing. I mean, you, so so what you're saying here is we need to have this versus dogs <laughs> versus. Yeah, uh, do- like, I'm sorry, I don't know that dogs stand a chance against dogs. <laughs> dogs can maybe the Minotaurs, the Hurlon Minotaurs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Orzov dogs versus like Rakdos Minotaurs and all. Oh, that's and Celestia unicorns. <laughs> this sounds insanely sweet. C- coming soon right. on Commander Clash. <laughs> time, time for Tybalt to shine, right? Zerzoth 
Chaos Rider. Two to red, two, three, legendary creature devil. Whenever an opponent draws their first card each turn, if it's not their turn, you create a 1 1 red devil creature token with when this creature dies, it deals one damage to any target. Whenever one or more devils you control attacks one or more players, you and those players each draw a card, then discard a card at random. What uh, is it riding? What is it? What is, is that like a, a demonic a unicorn. goat or something? <laughs> it's a goat. It's a demonic goat. <laughs> I mean, this has to be the worst tribe of the bunch, right? We've been talking about a lot of bad tribes. Is devils worse than than skeletons and unicorns? Like, is this the no, literal bottom of the barrel really for commander tribes? Uh, no, you, you're you're backed by like like Tybalt, <laughs> new, new Tybalt, new it's Tybalt. Basically, not the old all one. your creatures have a blood artist attached to them. <laughs> so yeah, when they die. You get to ping something, right? You're really good at beating uh, skeletons. Skeletons. Yeah, skeletons. You can down the one ones. <laughs> yeah. You're dunking on skeletons. You have to hold up two mana to regenerate. <laughs> oh, yeah. If they regenerate, like, regenerate just seems like a broken mechanic against devils. Like, <laughs> it does It does have the callback to, to Balt's uh, random looting ability, too, which is kind of funny, uh, where if you attack, you got to draw, but then you got to discard it random, which makes it so much worse for, for no reason. So this card's but bad. But this time right? you it's force it on your opponent too, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not you only doing it. Your opponent gets to do it. Everyone gets the faithless <laughs> loot, right? Or not, I, no. Uh, desperate ravings. Desperate ravings. I do like Barrage of Expendables, though, that comes in the same pack. I, I think that really, that, that helps <laughs> the devils, Kate. Like, you know what I mean? The, the, the devils. Because <laughs> that card is sweet and the artwork is adorable. Uh, <laughs> they are good for the devils are good for sacking for damage. That is uh, that is a good point. Yeah, like so you can you can I I think devils of the tribes you know like there there's a lot worse I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Na- name one. <laughs> Skeletons. Skeletons. <laughs> like I, I can only I'm... name one. <laughs> I actually would have preferred if the pinging was random. No, no, <laughs> then to, they're actually unplayable, right? Imagine they, a they mul- like just ping off each other, or they all die. <laughs> <laughs> then they ping you in the face. You're like, what happened, guys? Imagine that in a, r- like a game a of multiplayer thing, where you have to randomly ping somebody. How are you going to sort that out? All right, one through six on this is you. One through six on that is you. <laughs> yep, yep. Roll your like thirty sided die for yeah. all targets. Okay. <laughs> All right, last of the tribal representatives. We have Aeneas, the Gale Force. Three blue, blue, four, four, legendary creature. Dejin flying to Azorius. So three CMC attacking creatures with flying. Get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Whenever three or more creatures you control with flying attack, each player gains control of a non-land permanent of your choice controlled by the player to their right, period. So forever. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think this card's—it's cool. I like the political aspect. I, I mean, you played as just like an Azorius Fire commander, which is fine. I think that some sort of like conjured currency, like almost Azorius Chaos deck, just build around like swapping permanents and hopefully like using the politics to your advantage, or maybe like winning with your opponent's permanence. I think that could be a really cool style, but I I don't know. Like, are you really going to play Jin Tribal with this? <laughs> yes. Uh, are, J- 
Are gins playable? Like if you play no, a tribal, you would play like token flyers so that you give your opponents your like crappy tokens. Yeah, and then you because you get to choose all of this, right? So you get to basically kingmate and manipulate the board however you so choose fit. So I feel like this is actually a really interesting card that will lead to pretty interesting games because you get to choose all of this. I mean, I I wish you could choose left or right. Oh, that but then it would. Overpowered. We can't. We can't go that far. <laughs> like, like, too many you can do whatever you want on that board. I don't know about this. <laughs> like, like that would that would be sweet, right? Because that everybody to the left swaps <laughs> or right, and then you just make the game purely like madness. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think it's. I really. I think it's a really cool card. I don't know if it's like super competitive, but I think it is cool how you get to control it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's that's pretty sweet. Uh, like. The the card though overall just seems okay. Shockingly available on arena and historic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, of mechanics I, they couldn't implement. This was not one of them, no. But uh. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm thinking about this in like one on one. If you get like, I I don't know when you're getting to five mana. I think you're flooded if you're on blue white flyers and you're hitting five mana. But uh, yeah, like I. I guess you could try to, like, steal stuff. It's kind of a balanced Agent of Treachery, right? Yeah, it's Agent of Treachery where you need to attack. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Historic on Arena, what do you guys make of the list of cards that are not coming to Arena into Historic? So there's, like, 500 cards. All the cards we just talked about are going to be on Arena. Almost all the cards from the set, the reprints, there's a ton of them. It's really going to shake up historic. Those will be on Arena, but there's a list of 20 cards that will not be on Arena. Which of these do you think are obvious? Like, oh my god, good thing they aren't on uh, Arena in, in historic, that would be a bad thing. And which of them are you a little bit, like, puzzled by why they didn't make it to Arena? Uh, I th- I'm going to be honest with you. I think literally all of these could have been on Arena. <laughs> Except Ooh, for, yeah. except for, uh, what, what is, uh, may, maybe not, I like, actually, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know about Chain Lightning, uh, but I, I, I think even, like, Lightning Bolt was fine, cause I, I, this, this is how bad it is for, for me. I just don't like losing to Nexus, so if I have to, <laughs> I want to know that I, I can farm Nexus decks by switching to a more aggressive deck, right? Like, <laughs> I, I guess, like, Ristic Study, is one that would be a little annoying because then you'd have to like you know that would like prompt a trigger every time uh anybody casts a spell but or your opponents cast a spell and maybe that's like just for like simplicity maybe that one shouldn't be on there but i think everything else is fine like that'd be cool to have exhume and reanimate um because it's not like we have entomb right so we, we have the five mana creature entomb but that's way different we don't have buried alive so i think yeah, what you'd go thought scour and all of that, but like, I mean, you know, like I don't think there's a lot of crazy because I think we talked about this a while back, Seth, that there's not a ton of efficient self mill. Um, that's that's true. There's no faithful suiting. There is like Hagel or whatever the merchant of the veil, uh, the adventure half is. So there are like ways to do it, but there's not a ton of like really guaranteed easy ways to fill your graveyard on turn one. Although I will say, what? You, I, you choose to draw. I, <laughs> you choose to draw. Ooh, Skip a land, discard. So we're gonna <laughs> play go, a land, reanimate. We're gonna go like manless stretch legacy style. Like always yeah, choose like, to draw first. Okay, okay. I, I should have this choice. Right, like, why not? 
I, I don't like that. I agree with Krim. All of these should be on. And if something is really broken, like nothing immediately jumps out and says broken to me, they should just ban it. I think having Lightning Bolt and Path would make it pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then if like for some reason there is some reanimator deck or something that's too good, then just ban a card as opposed to uh, preemptively keeping these out of the format. But I don't see anything broken here. I would like to see Path to Exile yeah. uh, in the format. I'm personally a little skeptical of like the one mana cards, like reanimate, bolt, chain lightning, path to exile maybe would be fine. I think, I think like mono red would be insane if you had lightning bolt and chain lightning and everything it currently has. Like, ew. yeah, but maybe you just like, you I don't know. Historic anthologies to fix everything, right? Like, <laughs> like you, you could add historic anthologies for add like the two mana. What is that thing? The protection from red, oh, gain of core, life, and never so Firewalker. Firewalker. Yeah, exactly, Firewalker. right? And then be done with red decks if you felt that was too much, right? Like, I mean, anything that beats Nexus decks, I don't, I don't, if, if a Nexus player is upset that Lightning Bolt is too strong and they didn't get to play Magic, you know what I mean? Like, oh. <laughs> I, I think some of the other cards are clearly not power level based and they're more either they would be hard to program on arena or they would potentially be obnoxious like uh Krim mentioned with ristic study just like constantly triggering and kind of being annoying on arena uh, because i can't imagine like uh, scrounging bandar <laughs> which was just in like kaladash not that long ago and didn't do anything in standard is like power level concern so it, it's kind of an interesting mix the other thing is they said that these cards will be replaced on arena so we don't actually know yet what they'll be replaced with but maybe there'll be some more historic goodies that fill these slots when they uh when they actually announce what's in those slots in the set yeah i'm, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen uh what, what cards will be taking place of these cards um i mean does that mean that we get like what like like fatal push or something like that maybe like some some ether revolt cards i don't know i'm pretty, <laughs> like you know I, I guarantee you, Wizards gave a list to the Arena team of a set, and then at the last minute, they wanted to change the paper printing, so they swapped out 20 cards, and then they never told the Arena team, so the Arena team implemented the original 20, uh, the original full list, because, like, how do you explain Ball Lightning? Like, it is a normal magic card, there's nothing fancy about it, it is not broken power level-wise, but it's for some reason not coming to Arena. Yeah. So I, I feel like they just like gave the arena team a list or something, and it was modified later. Arena team didn't get the memo, so they got their own list, and then we have our own list for paper. It's weird. Like some of these cards make zero sense. Like time to feed. Like really? <laughs> like I don't understand why this couldn't be implemented. I and mean, Johnny's chosen isn't one that I'm like, oh darn, <laughs> that's that, that better go, or else or his story gets broken in half. I think it's, like, further confusing to me because it feels like if things were planned out better, most of these cards you could have just replaced in Jumpstart altogether. Like, there's a million fight spells. Why do you have to have time to feed in specific in Jumpstart when you could replace it with Prey Upon or any other... Like, if this was going to be a problem and you're going to make you have two different set lists based on Arena and Paper... Like, I guess Reanimate adds some value to this set. <sighs> Ristic Study is kind of an exciting reprint. But most of these cards, if you just replace them with something else, no one would know the difference or would have complained. So it feels like there had to be some miscommunication going on to just, like, end up where we are now with this list of 20 cards. Uh, that Liam Turnkey. <laughs> like, what are these cards? <laughs> like, this is a weird list. Yeah, think, yeah. 
I think that one, I don't know if Arena has the, does Arena have the ability to let you choose cards from your opponent's graveyard or your opponent choose cards from your graveyard? There I, has to, yeah, there yeah. is. I mean, oh, I choose from your opponent's graveyard. Yeah, right? I mean. Yeah, like there, there's a bunch of graveyard hate which you can target, right, from either graveyard. Yup, yup. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I I have no. Idea. What about Flame Someone, Tongue Kavu? Arena Why? team just really <laughs> dislikes some of these cards. Like, no, I lost to Mausoleum and Turnkey <laughs> at the finals of a Grand Prix. It is not going on, my clients. <laughs> Flame Tongue Kavu, I think, though, was an all star. Like when it was like what play, in Plane Shift standard or whatever. But like, I don't think it does the same thing nowadays. Because, like, Chupacabra is just better, right? Yeah, I mean, it is It is basically better. It's a different color, but yeah, it is yeah. It is mostly just better. So I can't imagine that it's too good. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of the list. But even with these cards not showing up, I think uh, Jumpstart's going to be huge. I think it's like uh, it's like what Modern Horizons was for Modern, uh, which I oh, think so was... going to ruin my format? I think it, I think it was a positive. <laughs> I need to say that because that's what everyone says. But I think it's going to be like that for Historic, where we're just going to get a ton of new decks, a ton of exciting stuff going on. So I'm super hyped for Historic over the summer. Yeah. yeah I, I'm Young just Pyromancer being... getting into Historic is definitely getting me excited, too. <laughs> oh, but Lightning Bolt. Chain Lightning. <laughs> Can you imagine that deck? Oh. No, I don't want to, actually. <laughs> So I don't think Chain Lightning should be in the format, but Bolt, sure, maybe. <laughs> so we got we got a couple other topics we should hit on quick here before we get to fish mail. So uh, let's let's move on. Any other jumpstart uh, thoughts before we hit up our other topics? There, there was only one more uh, thing I wanted to talk to uh, to everyone about, and it's Muxus, the gigantic goblin. Muxus is, is that- sweet. Yeah, is that card not sweet for like commander? So six mana, four four red. When it enters the battlefield, reveals the top six cards of your library. Put all goblin creatures with converted mana costs five or less from among them onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. When Muxus attacks, it gets plus one plus one until end of turn for each other goblin you control. It's like a super ringleader, right? Yeah. Well, no, you ringleader into Muxus. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> for, yeah, even better. For the value, right? Yeah. I think it's just an auto-include in any Goblin deck in Commander. Like, it seems like it's just insane. I think it's even a good Commander for a Goblin deck. I don't think it's quite as good as, like, oh, whatever the Cranko is that makes all the tokens and kills you immediately with Hasty Goblins. Mobos? Uh Yes, that one. Uh, I don't think it's quite as competitive as that, but I think it might be, like, close to next in line for being one of the better like goblin generals you can play in commander and i think you just play it in uh, the 99 like 100 percent of the time yeah yeah definitely in the 99 i actually don't even think it's impossible that it sees playing historic because we do have matron and goblins also got we were talking last cast i think grim or maybe it was off cast where you were saying like we really need goblin chieftain like that would be a huge deal well we got goblin chieftain uh in the set as well but i could imagine this being like a one of matron target in like historic goblins even though six mana is a lot but you just like let it float in your deck and hope that you don't draw it until you get to six mana and then you can matron it up and then if you resolve it it's going to be absurd you're getting so much value out of it i mean you still have skirk prospector right yeah, so, like, Wily Goblin does a little rampant. Yeah, like that. Like that was pretty much what I felt like goblins really needed in historic, and it's Goblin Chieftain. Uh, and now, yeah, now that's hitting historic. So this kind of seems insane, right? Like goblins might actually be like really, really, really good. I mean, <laughs> I cannot wait to see how goblins play out. 
Yeah, me either. I've definitely, I've always liked the Goblin Tribe, so I am uh, hyped to actually give them a shot. Uh, it's been a good, a good couple weeks for goblins in general because we they also got a conspicuous noob and M21, which is like hyping people for goblins in modern and legacy and whatnot because of its combo. So it's been a, a good week for goblins all around. I think. Yeah, still waiting for fairies, but yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on and hit up a couple other topics. With one of them being just announced today, Arena finally is a uh, is coming to Mac. Actually, I think this week uh and it's coming through the epic game store so uh, how big of a deal is this uh is this you know earth shattering ground shaking improvement uh incremental improvement what do you think about arena coming to mac Finally? yes if you own a mac no if you don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that's basically it right like if you if you are a person with a mac that wanted to play arena uh you would have to use a, a third boot party camp. service or you would boot camp or something so you make that happen, or you would just keep playing uh, Paper Magic. But now you can play, so I think it's good. I think it's more promising in that they're actually doing it, because they've been promising Mac and mobile for, like, ever. Like, basically before the game was even announced, they're like, oh, it's on Unity. We're going to be able to put it on all platforms. But it's taken them forever. <laughs> they haven't done anything, but now they got it on Mac, so hopefully mobile next, and I think mobile will be the the big game changer i i don't know i still am so skeptical about that like yeah like let let's say like this mac announcement i feel like this mac announcement was like you know it should have happened a long time ago right but uh like when they move it to mobile that's where i'm gonna be like okay what like i don't know how magic is gonna take to mobile but we'll see I don't know either, but they keep saying this year, so maybe we don't have that long to wait to see how Arena plays on mobile. I am... I am a little skeptical, just like those big board states where you have like a million lines going everywhere. Like I can hardly navigate that on PC. I can't imagine yeah. navigating that on my iPhone, but maybe they have some cunning way to avoid that problem or zoom in, or maybe they update the whole system to something that is smoother. So I don't know. They keep saying it's going to happen though. So apparently we're going to find out uh, this year. I, I guess so. I mean, Bless the tokens player, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm more worried about just attacking with two creatures. Like, my computer can barely handle Like, my computer is like a jet engine with Arena playing. Uh, I don't know how your phone is going to handle Arena. So hopefully, even with, like, playing Sparky with, like, a single goblin on the battlefield, your phone doesn't just melt in your hands. <laughs> I'm imagining that right now, too, where, like, there's, like, a memory leak on your phone. <laughs> Oh boy! I, I so, mean, have you have you ever forgotten Arena overnight? You come into I come into my office in the morning. It's like five degrees hotter because for some reason, <laughs> like my 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 1080 Ti is like pegged, like playing Arena. Yeah. I'm like, what? What is going on? Same. I definitely have noticed that. Like my case, it can get a little hot. Uh, so. Oh. Before before we get to uh, fish mail, the other thing I wanted to mention is we had our second round of players tours event. So we talked about uh, PT Arena one and two last weekend. This weekend we had PT Arena three and four. Uh, just a quick overview is there was less teamer rack. It was still like twenty five ish percent of the meta, but Bant Ramp actually made its presence felt and actually was ahead of teamer rack at least for uh, PT three. I saw the the data for so that is. 
I guess, encouraging. Although overall, there were still six teamer rec decks across the two top eights. So it was still the, the best deck, the most played deck, uh, at, at those formats. In the end, we also got to see a kind of a cool white black Yarion discard deck that made the top eight in the hands of Ben Stark, which was pretty sweet. So we did see some spice. I tweeted about the event and was like, Hey, it looks more diverse. Maybe standards getting better. And LSV responded and was like, eh. I don't know if I'd say that. It might just be that, you know, not everyone <laughs> enjoys the best decks. So they made a choice to play decks other than the best decks, even though Team Rec is still the best deck. So, so I don't know if standards better or if people chose to uh, play decks that they enjoyed rather than playing Team Rec. But by the numbers, the meta was at least slightly more diverse than, uh, than last weekend. It, it was definitely more diverse. But yeah, like I feel like. I kind of get what LSV is saying here because it feels like people were just like, ah, you know what? I'm going to play something that is more fun, right? Like, I mean, like the Orzov deck running around, like, I, I think I think that's definitely a fun deck. Uh, I, I don't know if it's the truth. I mean, it might body me, but, like, like the thing here is, like, like decks like Team Wreck and, like, anything in green or plays, playing Growth Spiral, ah, uh, <laughs> is Mono Discard good enough? I mean, like, I feel like this discussion, like how we had talked about it before, right? Like Richard said, Thoughtseize isn't even that good anymore in like older formats. Are one for one things like that, like Thoughtseize, Thought Erasure, are, you know what I mean? Like, I guess Burglar Rat gets a one one behind after you <laughs> discard, but like, let's be honest here, that's not, that's not gonna make him like, you know, flip out, so. I, I think the discard, the discard plan, I found it to be high variance. Cause I was actually played a very similar deck, geez, a long time ago now, before Yarian was, uh, was printed. And I thought it was sweet and it can be very effective against decks like Team Rack If you just make them discard like three or four turns in a row, it's hard for them to set up their game plan. On the other hand, it's also super frustrating because you can make a deck discard their entire hand and then they top deck like a single hydroid crosses and it just like undoes 10 cards that you played and your opponent has a hand again and they have like an 8-8 eight, eight flyer and just like oh my god like I did all this for for absolutely nothing one card undid like all of that work so yeah welcome think- to my entire life <laughs> <laughs> like yeah like that's that's pretty much what I mean though right like it's like there's so many things in like gr- like Simic based decks like blue green X where one draw literally they top deck they play like three fairy they minus they draw into like tamio or something like that and then the the engine just goes online again right or 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 yeah like they have so many cars that just set off this chain reaction of value and it's hard to keep up with it it was uh, also also so, interesting yeah. to see blue white kind of uh, creep up did you notice that crim that seemed like a, yeah. a crim a crim style of deck just straight up like blue white draw go i know uh gab Nassif ended up top four in one of the tournaments and actually uh thomas white lost in the finals in one of the tournaments playing just straight up blue white control do you think that's a a fun choice or is that a actual like competitive answer to team Iraq these days I think it's a, it is, it is a competitive deck. It can compete. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, something about blue white when I play it, it just feels like it, it still feels very far behind a growth spiral. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You're fairly just doing things and like in standard right now, either like a, you're doing something Simic based or, or like you're, you're stomping with like, like mono green i think mono green is one of the cooler decks that i have seen recently get a huge uptick in popularity and i think it's actually pretty sweet especially with core 2021 coming out 
So, uh, I don't know. Blue white for, if you, if you ask me, I think it's okay. It's okay. I, I would rather, if I'm going to play that though, I'm probably going to, if I play a control deck, I'm probably going to play my pet Grixis Lurus control deck, which has been treating me very well. So, uh, well, we'll have new cards and a new shakeup. Hopefully, fingers crossed for a shakeup. Uh, starting soon, this week is, uh, the launch of Arena in digital and then next week. So new standard stuff coming up soon, but we should probably, uh, answer a few fish mails. So Richard, take it away. Fish mail us, please. All right, if you have questions, send them to at mtggoldfish with the hashtag mtgfishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. Noahboy99, what was your favorite era of Magic? What deck did you play during that time? Oh, 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 that is a tough question to answer. Because <laughs> for, for me, I would either say it's Azorius Control from RTR, Demir control uh, with Worldwake when you had Jace the Mind Sculptor and like Abyssal Persecutor and whatnot, or uh, or Cobblade. Jeez, oh, I mean, favorite era is that's a lot tougher. I think favorite deck there was that brief moment, brief moment for like a month where Panormonicon was like a legitimate GP deck uh, back in Kaladesh Standard. Kaladesh Standard <laughs> itself, I'm not going to say that was my my favorite format, but I think that was the that was probably my favorite standard deck. The, until they banned Reflector Mage for not Panormonicon sins for sure. Uh, and then the, the whole idea went away. But there was a brief window. As far as like favorite format though, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed like, uh, like Khan's era standard, uh, and just like Siege Rhinos. Maybe, maybe it's hindsight bias, uh, bias, but I enjoyed resolving Siege Rhinos and seeing the, the crazy four mana plays we have today. I, I kind of yearn for a simpler day when you just like cast a four or five and lightning helix to your opponent. <laughs> as weird as it sounds, I kind of agree with that too, right? Like I'm just like, oh. I seize your other cards ridiculous for four mana. Why are you doing that? And now I'm just like, I guess I'm dead. <laughs> like actually dead from 20 to zero if they have four mana. So yeah, I, I, we should have I, like I, I a design that. contest. If Siege Rhino was printed today, what would it look like? <laughs> oh, Probably God. has like haste, hexproof, yeah. makes like a four or five token, but also lightning helixes. Yes, six damage, <laughs> and then two hasty four or five trample rhinos. Yeah, and you untap all still, lands still unplayable, to cast it. unplayable. <laughs> yeah, it's just baby Zakama. <laughs> uh, my favorite era of Magic. I don't. Uh, it's got to be like pre-power creep when when we used to say there's no way they would ban this since the last banning was Jace the Mind Sculptor. So going all the way back then, maybe M13 Thrag Tusk. I like I like I like Disciple Bolas Thrag Tusk. That was like the most unfair thing I could muster up, and it felt so good. <laughs> with, with unbearable, you know, like I draw five cards and get a three three. Okay. <laughs> Right, that, that's it. You can't beat me now. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's like I mean, we had really good formats though, all the way up to War of the Spark. Standard was really fun. I remember like how much praise we had for the power creep. So I mean, I I I think standard was good for a long time. So there's been a really solid batch of formats up until War of the Spark. I mean, minus the Mardu vehicles thing and energy. <laughs> Oh yeah, and energy. E- energy was just boring. I didn't think it was too powerful. It was just like, oh my gosh, this is seriously so boring. <laughs> like I, I could not stand it. And Ixalan. 
So, wait, so we had like a few months of good formats. I, I guess I think we so. Just yeah, crossed off, we just accidentally crossed off like most of the formats in in between that time. Well, erased from Crim's memory. Yeah, I guess. I guess it, it, I do. I do not remember that part because I also didn't like play much standard at that point. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go play modern. I don't. I don't want to deal with our new vehicles. All right. Uh... Last question. Awfully fun games. I hear the desire for changing hybrid mana rules in EDH, but it's almost like I should then be allowed to play Ishkana in my mono green deck, or dual color aftermath cards in mono color decks, or double face cards. Slippery slope to me. Thoughts? <sighs> so I I would like to see the hybrid rule changed, but applied narrowly. I, I don't think you I don't think it needs to be a slippery slope. I think Kitchen Finks, you should be able to play in mono white or mono green. So I think, like, applied very narrowly to specifically hybrid cards, uh, and specifically hybrid casting cost cards, uh, not just like, oh, it's got a mana symbol somewhere, like extort and all that weirdness. Um, but I think applied narrowly, I don't think it's a slippery slope, and I think it improves Commander. But I do understand what you're saying. Like, you can make the argument, oh, like, then why does color identity matter at all? I don't see it that way, but I, I can see where the question is coming from. Yeah, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Seth there. I, I think that you should definitely be able to play Kitchen Finks and whatnot, or like Shadow of Doubt and Mono Blue or Mono Black or whatever, right? Like, yeah, that, that seems all, all fine to me. Um, I, I don't think that cards like like you know like let's just say Tassiger for this case, you know what I mean? Like I think that that should be like a that that that's okay as a Sultai card. I think that's cool. But yeah, when it's multicolor and the casting costs, just playing whatever. I don't I don't really care. I do I do think yeah, Planeswalkers I, like also like having giving Mono Blue like access to something like the three mana Ashiok or something like that or Mono Black. I think that that's really sweet. So. I disagree with you guys, but I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I do, like, I don't know, right? Like, I mean, the rules are the rules. Just play with them. Like, is it the end of the world that you can't play Kitchen Finks in your mono white deck? There's like a million other cards. Just play them. Ah, uh, but we change. So I, I don't know. We change the rules all the time, Richard, to try to make the game better. We've constantly had rule changes. Why? Why can this rule not be changed? That that is true, but I don't really. Care. I don't think it makes a big difference. I don't know why people are so passionate about it. Is there like some deck that's like being held back because of this? I don't know. But I, I'm, I'm fine with the way they are. I wanna... I, I, there's justification, right? Like, it's not like it's completely unwarranted. I can see both sides of the argument. And since this one is the existing one, I guess we keep it. I don't know. I want to be able to play Night Vale Spectre in Spectre Tribal. And Spectre Tribal's always got black commanders. I think it's a it's a travesty. I mean, play Grixis hmm. Spectres. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I go Grixis. You're missing out on a lot of specters there. <laughs> it's like, what, can I play Feldegriff in like my two color deck and just not ever activate the third ability? How would you ever cast it? <laughs> Bad example. <laughs> Moving on. But, uh, all right, yeah. I, I think that brings us to the end of our fish mail today. Uh, Richard, if people got fish mail questions for next week, uh, where should they send them? All right, send them to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishMail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And on that note, I believe that brings us to the end of episode 281 of the MTGO Fish Podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes down in the world of magic. So, until then, have a great week, and this is the crew signing out. Yeah.